Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Witcher, Chaos on the Pontar, an actual play podcast by Elsewhere and Beyond, run using The Witcher TRPG by R. Talsorian Games. Last session, the party left Oxenfurt to continue their pursuit east down the river Pontar. Along the way, and in an attempt to perform a blessing to protect her father, Oda found herself in dire circumstances after a ritual went awry inside the crow's nest. The portal shimmered dangerously in and out of existence, and with no means to contact her allies, Oda could do nothing more than watch her final moments play out around her. Meanwhile, back on the boat, whatever you are all doing comes to a horrific stop. The whole barge lurches forward as if someone had just put their hand on the front of it. Everybody goes flying across the deck. Sansa screams as she's thrown over the top railing, over the wheel, and lands on her back on the deck below. The rest of you, wherever you are in the boat, would need to secure yourself, but most of you will find yourselves being thrown into cabinets, into the hull, as something otherworldly brings the whole ship to a stop. Bargain, you feel it first. Wherever you are in the ship, where are you? Groaning below deck. I mean, he was asleep at the time, right? Oh, right, you were, you were, yeah, yeah, you were all asleep. Everyone's asleep, pretty much. <laughs> I try to do something nice for once. I just need to get this out of my system. I try to do something nice. Everyone is order in a positive light again, okay? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I was ready to forgive her. Vargen, you feel it first. The ship is beginning to turn. Where you lay, coming out of your hammock, falling onto the ground, you now start to feel the motion of the vessel turning on the central point and rotating as if there was a great whirlpool beneath it. The ship turns and turns and turns, and you start to feel your body press up against the inner hull wall as the G-force is pushing you to the sides. I was going to say I'd like to try to look at the window in the room to see if you could actually see what was happening on the surface. You can see out, you can see only a blur of the wide banks of the Pontar on all sides as the vessel is just turning and turning on the spot. Just 360 degrees round, round and round. He is going to try to pull his way, claw his way around the corners as much as he can to try to get upstairs. As you do so, you see Arthwin has also been awoken by this. His hands white with strain as they are around the side of the cabin door leading into his room as he's keeping himself up. Gorm, you see, is plastered in like a star shape against the wall, unable to move. <laughs> his little weight and mass too much, uh, or too little, should I say, for him to get a good purchase. And he's just stuck against the wall in that shape. Arthwin, however, you lock eyes with Vargan as you're both leaving the rooms at the same time. What's happening? I don't know, but we need to get upstairs quickly. Arthwin sort of summons every last ounce of his strength to pull himself through the door. You do so, and the both of you, it's a very strange kind of uh, inception moment, if you've seen that movie, as the two of you are face to face, back to back on the walls, just sliding as this force, this central force is pushing your bodies outwards. And you manage to push yourself up to where the stairs would lead to Sansa's cavern, and there you see it. This portal is just shimmering blue as it's disconnecting and breaking and snapping, and then coming together again. And each time, these waves of static, painful energy just burst out as something is going terribly wrong with the crow's nest. He's going to call out into the portal. 
odor inside as you start to see the room closing in around you. You hear the muffled cut-off cries of your father's shout. But, like, everything's sort of imploding and whatever, Yeah, you right? see the edges of the room peeling towards you. Oh, shit. Can I still see the portal on the door? The portal is flickering like mad. If you would put anything through that, you'd get would, severed. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, well, Oda's just going to... Like, she is curled up in a corner, probably. Or co- curled up in front of a fireplace anywhere. And she just shouts at the portal... Don't help me and stuff like that. Just, mm. yeah, distorted. <laughs> Arthwin, we need to stabilize the portal somehow. Arthwin looks at Morgan and he's he's clear in in his eyes. He doesn't really know what to do. Uh, but he, are we able to move? You can move. We can move freely around, or you're no. I mean, you're you're pressed up against the walls. You guys are pretty much moving at two speed, one to two speed at all times. Like it's it's. The ship is absolutely turning. Arthwin is going to uh, try to make his way towards the portal, and at the same time he calls out, Sansa! You can hear Sansa struggling up above. I can't move, Arthwin! The globe, the astrolabe, something has happened. It is spinning. It is spinning so fast. She, She says she can see the globe. Yes. She's in her... She's in the cabin. She is. Stop it! You hear a horrifying scream and a slicing noise. The G-force caused by the ship begins to dissipate and slow. Eventually coming to a full stop. The portal fills blue and just completely reconnects itself. Oda, inside the room that was beginning to dissipate unfades and snaps backwards reseeing itself and you vomit all over your knees all over the floor no one was supposed to be in that room when that thing's recreated only a few flickers now and again of instability that portal is buzzing Arthwin sprints towards the portal stopping just in front of it and he calls out Oda Sansa from the other side of the portal you merely hear Sansa's reply Arthwin My hand, I, my hand. Hold on, Uh, he calls to Sansa and and then runs through the portal. You run through the portal and you see Oda there, very unwell, very shaken, very injured. You've got glass in your face, got cuts down your arms where the windows imploded inwards. You're very, very unwell. When Arthwin runs in, she just like collapses herself to the floor. Without a second word, uh, Arthwin sprints towards her and just grabs her up. To take her through the portal again. Get her out of this place. Any protest, Oda? No. You just get dragged out the portal, and then you hear Sansa calling out to you, Vargan, because she obviously saw someone enter from her side. They're out. Close it. The sound of the whoosh of the portal collapsing on itself. Well, Gorm, by the way, you've been able to walk now for a little while. Gorm never woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's beautiful. And he just, he just like flops back onto the bed face first. Gorm, you flop back onto the bed and you never even wake up. You're just snoozing. That's so concerning in terms of waking you up. In the, in in the dramatic silence, as, as we realize what's gone, what's gone on, what's happened. We just hear. (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, Fluffy? Well, I'm not going to mention anything about anyone until people investigate the ship. 
But Vargin. Yeah, I want to rush into Sensor's cabin. As the portal was closing, Arthwin, holding Oda tight, launches through, down the gangway, and sliding to a stop not far from your feet, Vargin. That's good. Oda's in one piece. Arthwin has her. So, you turn and make your way to Sansa's cabin. There, sat on the floor amongst strewn-around furniture, broken bottles, a heap of fallen books and supplies, is Captain Sansa. Her face winced up into a picture of pain. She clutches tightly at her right hand. Droplets of blood run down its wrist and off her elbow, pattering down onto the wood of her cabin floor below. Sansa's breathing comes ragged, her brow sweats and she pales. She weakly nods to the astrolabe now still and silent on the desk. The globe is splashed in crimson red. Two fleshy fingers are mangled within its bands of metal. Her ring finger and pinky are scattered in pieces around the base. She lets loose a groan, her right thumb the only digit remaining now as her left hand slips away to reveal it and the carnage. Seems my... My loot days are over, she weakly jests, her eyes rolling as her breathing becomes even more stifled. Look at me. Just look at me, all right? Then he, he sort of will try to, to like uh, cover her hand with his own while he tries to apply a lot of pressure to it. Ah, you bastard! She curses as you wrap your hand tightly around her bleeding fist. Deep, calm breaths. Just stay calm. Oda, Arthwin, you two are lying prone in the middle of the lower deck. As soon as we're out of the portal and, and Arthwin uh, realizes that they are safe for the moment, he sits up and, and examines Oda, makes sure she's okay. Oda splutters and coughs and just <coughs> looks very dazed and weak as she lies on the, on the floor of the boat. Oda... He sort of puts his hands on her face and just gives her a gentle sort of slap. Uh, are you are you okay? Are you well? No one told me. She says she uh, puts her hand to her face and like to her forehead specifically and applies pressure on her, I imagine, throbbing head. And that's the thing. You go to put pressure. It's ah. There's a piece of glass like in your skin and you have to actually pull it out before you can even Mm. put your hand on your forehead. And Arthwin, you also see there's just shards of glass that you'd need to extract. As she's speaking, Arthwin is sort of pulling out shards and brushing off glass pieces and blowing on her face. He glances back towards the the cabin and back at at Oda and goes, "What, what, what happened? What did you do? I was trying and she, um, lifts her hand from her face and her other hand, still clasping the buckle, drops it on the floorboards of the ship. It, it was nothing. I tried it so many times before, but the portal... And then she just begins to sort of like dry heave, I think it's called. Yeah, like, yeah it is. So, it yeah. Is. <laughs> and she's visibly very shaken, very unwell and in no state for questioning. Not really. Arthwin sort of helps her sit up and pats her back and tries to make sure that if she does throw up anymore, it goes on the floor and not all over her. Gorm, I refuse to accept that you're still asleep right now. (laughs) Surely at this point, 
you are waking. Hmm. Sure, Gorm will like there's a bit of commotion, so he's you know again in his undergarments. He's just kind of walking out of the door, scratching his belly. What? What happened? It, in no mood for Gorm's shit right now. <laughs> Arthwin looks up, points at Gorm, and go and uh, yells, "Gorm, head head up and see if you can find Poppy and Fluffy, Barksley." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, do you need Barksley? We need to take account of everyone. Oh, okay. Uh, Gorgo! And, and Gorm just kind of waddles upstairs in search of Barksley mm-hmm. and whoever's uh, up on the deck. You don't find anyone on the deck. Barksley! You do hear screaming out in the dark. Gorm! Ah! Help me! Oh no! Oh no! Gorm kind of runs over to the railing where where the sound is coming from. You can't see in the darkness. You lack the vision. You're aware, but you are just... I'm not even going to ask you to roll this. The penalties would be so severe. But Barksley! He he calls out for Barksley, hoping to to get the dark's attention. There's a big old miserable wolf somewhere out into the water. (gasps) Oh no. Barksley! Swim to mice! Swim, Gorm! Woof, woof! There's a yelping and whimpering sound. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh, oh, go on, go on, need help, go on, need help, go on, help, help! You can all hear the yelling for help up on deck. Vargan, Sansa gently pushes you away. Go to him. Go. If Oda's fine, Tentor. Arthwin is pulling Oda with him into the cabin to sort of gather the two most in need of, of help, and he nods to Vargan. Go, see what it is. Yeah, Vargan's gonna run up the stairs as fast as he can. Probably also just in his trousers, really. He was sleeping, like everyone else. <laughs> Gorm is just kind of panicking there on deck, running around himself a bit and pointing to the water, like, Help that friends in water! Help Barksley! Fluffy! Barksley in the water. Fluffy! Actually, and Fluffy. Help me! I can't see anything! I, I think I hit my head! Uh, look around for like a lantern. Uh, is there any lit lanterns on the ship? There are lanterns um, at the main masts of the ship. Yeah. By the way, at this point, is the boat moving? No, the boat, the boat is very stationary. Okay. I'm going to slowly submerge into the water while holding a lantern over my head and then try to swim with just the one arm. Towards the voices where Gorm is pointing them towards. Can you make me an awareness check? And can you make me an athletics check? Okay. It's fine. 17 on your awareness check. It is darkness, so I've taken penalties for that in mind. 18. You swim out into the water. And eventually you find Fluffy kind of perched over the back of Barksley, who is paddling, doggy paddling at the moment in circles. And you see this big gash on Fluffy's head. He got launched off the ship and Barksley found me. All right. Okay. Just stay calm. Barksley. Here, boy. The dog is exhausted as it starts to whimper as it paddles towards you. Yeah. Uh, I tried to look back in the direction I came from. Can I see any lights on the ship still? As you look back, you do see the lights. But there's a strange silhouette in the light that you can see. The shoulders of something risen out the water the shape of a head and the dull glow of two eyes and that's when you start to notice it even more 
the dull glow swimming around you as more eyes are there. Drowners have come. We need to quickly go back to the boat. Gar, get ready! Okay. There's drowners! Okay. <laughs> yeah, since you can see where it is, he's trying to insert uh, the lantern, just like drop, give that to Floofy, just grab onto uh, Barksley to give him a direction and then swim as fast as he can back towards the ship. And so are you Are you helping them in any way as you swim or are you just Yeah, he's uh, more or less guiding and pulling the Barksley along with every other like uh, swing of his left arm. And if the dog begins to bob down, he's going to stop and try to, you know, try to hold it up. Okay. Well, the dog is struggling. Fluffy tries to kick with his feet to help, but he can't swim very well. And he kicks and kicks and kicks. And the dog keeps kicking as well. Vargin, both you and the dog are now set upon by frantic and grabbing hands from beneath. A series of grapples are incoming. Now, because you are both in water, your only option is to defend through repositioning. Gorm... Could I ask you please to roll on Barksley's behalf? So the first grapple is for Vargin at a 21. The one for Barksley is a 20. <gasps> Same result, you both score a 21. Ties always go to the defender, which means Vargin, you just make it. Barksley continues to paddle forward, Floffy barely holding on. Vargin, you only have three or four meters now left to go until you reach the barge. Now, is there a ladder or a rope or something? Gorm there is no ladder around. on the side, but there are ropes all over the place. Okay, Gorm just starts untying ropes and throwing them down. Okay, Vargin, what comes next is going to be a big choice. I'm going to ask you now, as you pull yourself up on this rope, over the side of the hull and onto the deck, another attack is going to be made against you. You need to choose. Do you suffer the attack? Or do you climb up first and leave Fluffy and Barksley to suffer it instead? I will be a pretty terrible leader of people if I put myself above others. So Vargan is going to tie a rope around Barksley and Fluffy first and usher them upwards. Gorm is helping Paul. You wrap the rope quickly under the dog and you place the rest of it into Fluffy's hand. Gorm, even with all your might, with both feet on the railing, side to side, and pulling with every ounce of strength you have, this is still a, a really difficult task for you. Fluffy and Barksley are pulled out of the water, but the angle and leverage you have over them isn't enough to bring them fully on board. You will need help with this. Vargin, I would like you to make me one final reposition check as one more drowner comes up from beneath to grapple you down and rolls an 18 against you. 21. Oh, nice. You evade out the way, Vargin, clambering onto the side of the hull, ready to heave yourself up. Now, Gorm, the rope is starting to slip in your hand. You're kicking off the railings with all your might, leaning near horizontally back with the effort. Oh, now with her vision just kind of like blurred and swimming, <laughs> she, um, she just grabs Arthwin, who I imagine mm -hmm. is still there. Yeah. And she just says to him, find everyone else, make sure they're okay. Arthwin takes one of her hands and places it on Sansa's wound and squeezes. Hold on tight. I'll be back soon. And then he runs off to join the others, seeing the werebub trying to pull up the halfling and the, the dog all on his own. Instead of asking questions, he just rushes over to help. Oh, help! It's drowners! Both of you make me a physique check. Oh no. 
You both fumbled. <laughs> Arthwin, you and Gorm pull Floffy and Barksley over the railing, both slumping cold and wet onto the deck. In that moment, there is a mishap in communication. Gorm seems to believe you have them both, and you believe Gorm has the rope. Gorm lets go of the rope, and Arthwin, what little balance you had, poised there on the edge, is lost. You slip, tumbling over the railing and colliding with Vargin, who's climbing the side of the barge. You both fall back down into the drowning-infested water below. <laughs> a swarm of dull-coloured eyes form beneath the surface. I'm going to roll two new attacks against you both, and I would like you guys to reposition or once again risk being pulled under. Okay, the following rolls are from me. An 18, and the second one, it's a fumble. Oh. You roll the natural one, so you only have to defend against a five. 25 from you, Vargan, as you dodge out of the way. Uh, by the way, Vargan, I would like you to reduce your stamina by five. You've been in the water for a little while now. <laughs> I have been in the water for a while, yeah. 21, you both managed to defend. Oh. Now, Gorm, it comes down to you. The dog, panting, whimpering, lying on the deck. But the rope has gone loose and it's it's quite up on the deck. You, you'd need to cast it back down. What are you going to do? It's Gorm, so he's just going to take a moment to just check on Barksley and, and Fluffy. Real quick. Just, are you, yeah, okay, good dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives him a little ruffle and then waddles back to the edge of the ship. And he kind of looks down and like, oh no, ah, ah. And he, he finds the rope again, ties it as well as he can and throw it in. Gonna pose this question to you boys one last time. One of you two will take one more roll, but between the two of you, you need to work out who goes first and doesn't have to defend it. Get up, quickly. Vargen pushes you into the rope, Arthwin. Do you resist? No. Okay, Vargen, one more roll against you. As the drowners lash out and I roll the 22. What is with these rolls? Oh, 29. Critical success. Well done. Varkin, at your own peril, you hoist Arthwin up to grab the rope. But with your momentum and your reflexes, Arthwin, in return, you are able to throw your arm up for Varkin and pull him up out of the water. A mere second before a drowner would have snatched for him to pull him down into the deathly waters below. With the strain in your voices, the sounds of your laboured breathing, the two of you heave yourselves up onto the acolyte's main deck. And there you all lay, shivering and panting in the dark and the cold. <sighs> Gorm just kind of falls flat. Barksley slides over to you a little bit, like whimpering. He puts his head on your leg, which is taking up all of your leg because his head's huge compared to you. In the momentum of the moment, Arthwin doesn't feel like he has time to rest yet. He rushes over to Barksley and Gorm and just gives Gorm a little bump with his fist on his shoulder as if to say good job and pets the dog. Well, he'd really like it if someone could get me out from under him, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next thing he was going to do was look for, for, for Fluffy, but I guess he's found him. And he gives a push to try to find the halfling. Oh, oh Arthwin, I thought I was going to die. To be perfectly honest with you, Fluffy, I thought so too. And he rubs his head, his swollen bruise really forming now on his temple. Oh, you think I need to sit down? I don't feel so well. All right, don't fall asleep. It's very important. Gorm, don't let him. If he tries to, slap him awake. 
Gorm is nearly snoring as he leans over Barksley. <laughs> I have a like, like nip at like an eyebrow hair to wake him up. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Don't let him fall asleep. We need to go back down to Sansa immediately. Well, she's just in the cabin not far from you, sat with Oda now. All right, then we want to hurry on back on in there, where I'll ask for Arfun to come with. Dragging Fluffy along as well, and 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 Gorm. Barksley, for the first time in many days, just gets up and he goes straight for downstairs. He doesn't usually like being down there, but he is done with the deck. Bad deck, <laughs> very bad deck. And he sinks off, leaving wet dog marks as he as he goes down to the mess hall. Smart dog. Yeah. Arthwin uh, follows downstairs, but uh, takes a detour to the mess hall as well uh, with Fluffy, um, putting, <laughs> just finding... A nearby just sharp object, just a, like a weird shape, anything like a like a like a tool or something. Putting it on a chair and putting Fluffy on that. Sit on that. Don't get comfortable. And uh, Oda, all this time, I'm going to give you a moment now with Sansa. So all this time, this has been happening. You've heard screams going on, Gorm yelling. Let's say you've had a couple of minutes here to a moment with Sansa before they ever get a chance to come to you. I'm sorry, I. I didn't know. And then she just like kind of, you know, flinches. Oda, what didn't you know? She says as she sits up a little bit, wiping the sweat off her brow. I didn't know that <sighs> magic doesn't work down there. I didn't know that either. Why were you supposed to know? I could have felt it, maybe. I, I'm so sorry. And she just like clutches her hand. You now see Arthur come in and soaked to the bone. Like he he jumped pretty much jumped out there shirtless in just his like undergarments. <laughs> so he is just soaked like he'd been for a big swim. He rushes in and he gets down on his knees next to them and, and to, to try to attend to them, see if there's anything he can do. If somebody doesn't make a first aid check to stabilize this wound, she's going to be in serious trouble soon. That we have we have roleplay narratively held on to this moment for as long as possible, but she now needs somebody that can perform either healing hands, a first aid check, and I believe Oda, there is actually something. I was going to say I want to sort of like try to uh, do an old ways. I'm going to say you're making this roll at a minus three though because you're so yeah thrown right fine. now. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, so that's a fumble. Yes. You go to apply some herbs to the inside of your palm. And you take her hand and you apply it and she hisses. <laughs> and you realize you've put the wrong type of leaf into your palm from the pouch. And you just throw it down and you stand up and you're just like, gosh! Yes. As you just storm away, like downstairs, and you just bang the wood in frustration. Somebody else is going to have to do this. Orphan, can you go see if she has mandrake roots? I also need chalk, ashes, and wax. Uh, Arthwin just I was about to try something desperately, but just... Realizing that Vargan is probably the better man for this job, he looks over at him and nods and rushes off to try to find these ingredients. I guess I stop for a moment and then just like take my co uh, component pouch off or like the herb pouch and like throw it in their direction and just take everything. And then she just like storms downstairs. Storms back yeah. in, goes yeah. and sits down. You grab her component pouch. Thumb through it real quick. Yeah, everything's there. And you, you head back to Vargan, I assume? Of course. And I'm picking out the ingredients as I go and just immediately hand them to him. 
Vargan, you have now what you need to create the ritual. All right. I'm then very quickly going to give myself the blessing of fortune so I don't fumble this all the way okay. up to the tits. Hopefully. This is not okay. <laughs> Vargan, when you're rolling your blessing of fortune to ensure you don't fumble, you fumble. You rolled over a 10, so don't actually worry. You take <sighs> two points of damage because it's not enough to be on the table. Oh, my God. You've still done enough to get over the DC 10 of a simple spell check. So it still works. Oh. You just take two points of damage. Oof. And that's very understandable in the situation you're in right now. Like, you're not very focused. Can Arthwin uh, cast a quick Axie on her just to help her with the pain? You're now blessed, by the way, Vargan. So, Arthwin, you wanted to perform an Axie on Sansa to calm her down. Was that correct? Not necessarily calm her down. Arthwin is... Calm himself is, down. <laughs> <laughs> Arthwin is... <laughs> uh, Arthwin is quite concerned that Sansa might be about to die. So... As sort of an act of mercy, he wants to cast an axie on her to sort of make her forget about the pain. Okay, that's fair. You can make me a spell casting check, and she will not resist, so it will be a DC 10. You perform the axie symbol, and she visibly calms a little bit, as if there's a temporary wave of sedation over her. Bargain, you are blessed. You haven't got super long, so what do you want to do? I want to quickly scribe in the magic circle, throw out the vermilion ingredients in the pattern around, like candles I immediately put down, and the ashes spread over her. I will point out if up to four people can assist you to lower the DC by one per person. Gorm, I need you to hold these candles over there, quickly. Gorm, Gorm coming! And Gorm comes running, it takes a minute, ah, 30 seconds, let's say, for him to come running up. You grab some of the chalk, Arthurin. Gorm, you hold a candle like a fire hose. Uh, normally, a DC is 15, then plus one, you said. Yeah, so it's currently a DC 13, then. Yeah, so if you can go ahead, then, and roll me. It's a ritual crafting, isn't it? Ritual crafting, indeed. <sighs> okay, so uh, 10 will. I have one skill in it, so it's 11. We need 13. Okay, I'll spend one luck. You roll a 21, more than enough. So, you finish the ritual. Gorm places down his candle. Arthurin makes the last sigil on the ground. And then you touch it. And you watch as a blissful veil of green spreads around the circle, knits into the shapes, and begins to thrum and softly vibrate magic across the space. That's armed. It just requires someone to enter it, so I imagine you reach out for Sansa? Yeah. And like, gently lean over to her, like, guide her directly into the circle. With your guidance, Sansa moves into the circle and she takes a seat. Immediately, it's like watching somebody who's cold gently get into a warm bath. The healing magic takes over, and before your very eyes, you can see... The wounds uh, on her hand closing, though they look very sore um, and tender, they do stop bleeding. And it's very clear that the uh, magic has saved her life. <sighs> All this whole time, what was going on with you, Oda? I imagine Oda would have um, pulled back into the uh, their room, like Vargan uh, in her room. You close the door behind you. Close it, lock it, whatever. Slam it. And she would slam it. <laughs> Sits herself against the wall. And quite kind of like in a frustrated manner, begins to pluck out the glass shards from anywhere she can find. You 
pull them out of your chest, out of your shoulder, and you throw them onto the ground, and all you can smell is burning. You look down at the shards of glass on the floor. You see the reflection of fire in the glass, and then you see a woman's face. There's almost like this sort of like wave of relief that falls over her, strangely. She just leans down, places her arm on the ground, and just stares deeper into the glass. My dear, you have been too hard on yourself. How can I not? This journey has been nothing but wrong. Have we not said the same for 30 seasons by 30 more? Is that not what we have always been? Nothing but wrong? Nothing, odor of the old ways, is easy. I do not feel like myself. And you will feel less like yourself as we move closer to where it is we are going. Will peace return? For you? No. It never will. It may come like a storm in spring, but it will pass like the snows in winter. One with power such as yours cannot know peace. It is not the old way. That's why we do what we do. Right? She doesn't reply. And just the piece of the cheek and the nose and the woman's eye that you could see moves away as if they're looking over their shoulder. Don't go. Not yet. Please. And the flame's flickering reflection disappears. Ola just slumps on the floor and pushes all the shards away. She just lies there on her stomach, just breathing. Worgen is going to make sure that Sans is okay. Again, guiding her with his uh, hands on her cheeks. Make sure there's eye contact. Well, she's not so... I, I, I don't... I mean, it's very difficult with healing magic. I don't know if it can restores the blood, but it definitely restores some vigor to you, some strength. So I think she's able to stand now. Though, of course, this hurts tremendously. The hand is so raw and painful, and she gets to work um, binding it. I will be okay. But it's not me you need to worry about. He gives a nod. He gets up, and he's going to very determinedly go towards the uh, door he heard slam earlier. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be like a, uh, a gentle knock on the door. Odo, please open the door. Nothing. No reply, nothing. Can I come in? Depending on how, how close you are to the door. Very. I imagine you can just hear a breathing turning into a sobbing. He's going to slowly open the door then. And uh, gently close it behind him before he's going to... Uh, kneel down beside her and just give her like a reassuring slow stroke of her hair. It's okay. Everyone's alright. It's not okay. Everyone is fine. Please, look at me. She just hides away further in her arm. <laughs> he then goes, tries to move it pointedly out of her way so he can 
get a good look at her. It is fine. You must understand there was nothing we could have predicted what would happen. You don't know what happened. I don't need to know what happened. I, all I need to know is that you, Sansa, Fluffy, Barksley, everyone is okay. And everyone is okay. He tries to give her another reassuring pat. Trying to lift her up so she's more on her knees rather than face first on the floor. Oida allows herself to be pushed up, but she won't look at Vargum. Instead, she kind of like pulls one of her arms towards him and just like snatches him closer almost. And just like hides her face somewhere like, I don't know, near his chest or something. Her sobbing becomes sort of slower. He very makes a hushed noises like, it's okay, I'm here now. And unlike last time when they hugged and it was awkward, he does embrace her fully this time to give her a very, a very firm and reassuring squeeze that she's not alone. And that there is someone else there right now that's looking out for her. You're allowed to have moments of weakness. We all are. But what do you do? How? There's nothing to do but to get back up. We live long lives. It will happen again. But all we can do is promise ourselves to do better. I'm sorry, child. There's no easy way. As those words leave his mouth and the two of you remain there for a short while longer, we will return back to the top deck where Gorm and Arthwin are, along with Sansa and Fluffy and Barksley. Is there anything you guys are doing? Arthwin's initial reaction after the dust has settled, so to speak, is to address the next most serious issue, which is warmth. Having fallen into the water, everyone needs to to get warm. So he would he would probably have ushered them uh, to the warmest place possible uh, and is working on finding blankets and such. The two of you would hear shuffling of people coming downstairs into the to the mess hall at the front of the uh, barge on the lowest deck. Gorm is just gonna help Barksley into his bed and he's gonna tuck Barksley in and put the blanket over the good dog who doesn't care that he's wet. He he looks at you with mournful eyes, but he's so exhausted, his little tail just, I can't say little, he's a mastiff, he's massive. His tail just thumps a little bit from side to side against the uh, hull because he, he's trying to show he's happy, but he's just so tired. Gorm gives him like a, like a little squeeze and a little, little kiss on the nose and a little boop. You have sleep now, Barksley. He's already out like a light. Mm. And Gorm just uh, picks up a bag from his, uh, uh, a little pouch, let's say, from his, his backpack and heads up to the others. You go and join them and uh, Arthwin, you've already started to put a blanket around Sansa's shoulders. She sat there at the table, fluffy as well. You are obviously grabbing yourself one and drying off your hair, like taking the, the hair, the shoulder length hair and just like getting it as dry as you can. And there's Gorm. Coming through the main aisle. Arthwin looks over at Gorm and silently beckons him over. And Gorm comes over and kind of opens this little bag. 
And he holds it up to, uh, like, open up to the witch. Yeah, have, have medicine. This help. Arthwin looks at the bag suspiciously, uh, and then he reaches for it to investigate. Inside, there's just these little, like, hard candy toffees. Arthwin looks at it, and then realizing what it is, he smiles down at Gorm, and he grabs one and has, and then pops it in his mouth. Mmm, very tasty. Very tasty. Always help Gorm, and then Gorm offers one to Sansa and, and Fluffy as well. She goes to reach with her injured hand, her right hand, and then winces at the thought, not the pain, and then goes to reach with her left hand instead. Thank you, Gorm. It's very kind of you. Mm. Gorm like toffee. Very good. She puts it on the table in front of her, not making a scene that she just can't eat it. Can I have two, please? Mm, you have two. You need grow. No, I'm not going to grow anymore. He doesn't try to argue. <laughs> he just takes it and sits down. He's like, oh, this is very nice, actually. <laughs> it seems that like it doesn't take long for Fluffy to bounce back. Even if this is just some way of him defending his emotions, just to <laughs> always put on a good smile. The whole time you've known him, he just seems to bounce back. We're, we're Oda and Morgan, friend. Arthwin gets down on one knee and, and rests his entire arm on Gorm's sort of over Gorm's shoulders and uh, he goes I think we should let them uh, hash it out for a, for a bit tell me is, uh, is Barksley okay? Mm, Barksley sleep in bed very tired, good good doc good good and then he pauses for a moment Gorm are you okay? Mm, good fine Gorm little worried about friends. And uh, Arthwin just sort of just watches Gorm's, just looks at Gorm's face as he speaks and just considers the purity of this creature. <laughs> and just, he can't help but smile. And then he he leans in and he gives Gorm a big hug. No, Gorm just like wraps his arms around him and gives him a squeeze. Arthwin friend too! Want more candy? And he holds up the bag. With pieces of candied caramels and toffees continuing to be passed around, Gorm's friendship catches the smiles of those gathered around the table. His gesture offering a moment of warmth, hope, and peace on an otherwise cold and dark night. Three things indeed that will be needed going forward into the perilous world of the Witcher. Find out in episode 13 where the party set down for their next great adventure. You've been listening to The Witcher, Chaos on the Pontar, and until next time, bye-bye.